Hey, welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sarah Inman, and I'm normally joined by our lead pastor and co-host of the podcast, Brett Nicholson, but he's out this week. And so I'm um, joined by a couple of friends here today. I'm pretty excited to have a great conversation talking about um, some of their experiences of going on mission trips and being a part of connecting with people all around the globe. And so I have our executive director of One Life Church, Natalie Jaranowski. Hey, it's great to be here, Sarah. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks for coming back on. You've been on a couple times. A couple times. And I'm glad that you're here. Thanks. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. And we're also joined by Michael Karen. Um, Michael is the uh, worship director uh, and part of, uh, leads a worship, actually two worship teams right now at our church here at One Life Church. Um, and is part of the creative team that that uh, myself and you, uh, we've talked to Matt Breivogel uh, before and just talking about some things that go on creatively as well. So Michael has been on some trips. Michael, thanks for coming on. Thank you for being here, for having me here. Thank yeah, you for welcome. being here. What episode is this? What number is this? This will be episode 72. It was really cool watching you just do the intro because I remember before we did the podcast <laughs> and we were talking about like, it's something that I've, I've always wanted our church to do. Um, but to be able to do it and just to watch you just kind of riff and go into your thing has <laughs> been really cool. So Thanks. I have fun doing it. I, it's always fun to come up with, with conversations. And I do want to highlight, too, um, last week on the episode, uh, I had mentioned that I was grumpy. And I was talking about ideas for episodes that are sometimes getting difficult. And that's for some people to email in. I got a great email from Melanie. And I just want to say thank you, Melanie, for writing that. It's really appreciative. Um, she had some great ideas of some topics. And we're going to try and, and get some of those on the podcast. And also, I asked for a funny cat gift. And she sent one, which makes me even extra happy. So <laughs> you can always email us here at the podcast at podcast at onelifechurch.org and love getting those those come to me and um i like reading from anything that you guys find interesting so um if you hear anything today that you find interesting and want other people to know we'd love to share that out uh, go ahead and comment uh leave a like wherever you're listening today and i also do want to highlight i'm not recording a video today so um you're only able to listen to this episode trying something different it's so this day. is some this is a milestone episode then. it is yeah wow trying something different it's a little bit um a little bit easier to just record the audio and focus more on that and um, we'll see how it goes. But anyway, so here at One Life, uh, we've been in a series um, called Travelogue, talking about our life as mission and movement. And um, we ha- got to hear at One Life Church this past week from Ben Stewart, who is the executive director of Uncharted International. And Ben was talking about um, just kind of the, the whole idea of as Paul and Bartimus returning back and they're traveling and, and spending time um, strengthening and encouraging people along the way and talking about the idea of going um, uh through missions and, and being missional and being a part of um, mission teams um, and going on mission trips. So I just said mission a lot. That's all right. Thanks. And Michael You're doing and, a great job. Michael and Natalie both have been on trips. And I really just want to ask you guys, like as we think about in general going on a trip, like your experience of life even as you viewed it before and your experience and how you view just kind of the world after, like anything like that that immediately changed for you or maybe you look at differently now or um, and, and before you do that, telling a little bit about where you went and kind of what that experience was like. Yeah. Uh, I would say that it, it served in my life as one of those things that was a, a major faith builder for me. I was talking, I had wanted to go on a trip to Myanmar for years, but because of the age of my kids, I had some little ones and my son, um, was a baby at the time and it just, timing was not right. Um, but he, he got to where he was about uh, two, I think, um, and 
I was like, oh, maybe I could go. And I had a daughter that really, really wanted to go. My daughter, Maddie, at the time. And we were still just in conversations about it. And I belonged to a growth group at the time. And we were praying about Mm -hmm. it. And um, obviously somebody who was connected to me and knew I was thinking about it um, knew that the financial barrier was kind of a big deal for us because we have five kids and mission trips. There is a financial investment in it. And so that was something that I was praying through whether or not we could do that. Um, and I got a phone call from the executive director of Uncharted that said, Hey, somebody just donated several thousand dollars for you to go on a mission trip to, uh, Myanmar. I are, are you interested in going on a mission trip to Myanmar? I had not even said, hey, I'm thinking about going on this. And and he was a friend of mine, and he didn't even know that I was thinking of going on it. And it really served as kind of the, the nudge I needed that, hey, if God has called you to this, he's going to take care of all the what ifs along the way. Yeah. And there was just example after example of that kind of thing going on, not just financially, but with being prepared for the trip. And, and it stretched me in ways in my leadership. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm the right person for that. But then something would happen to equip me for that along the way. Um, And I think I learned through that whole process to just trust God more that, that he's, he's going to be present in the details and all the things that I worry about. If, if he's called you to it, he's going to equip you for it. Mm. And Ben talked about that, I think, even in his message of, of talking about um, equipping and encouraging and that um, boldness is required was one of his sub points in this characteristics of mission. And I think even that, like, not only, not only did you take that step of boldness to go on the trip, but it's funny, like, now when I think about One Life, our church here going on trips to Myanmar, I think about you. Like, I think, I mean, you've led um, a few I've, trips and yeah. going to be leading one here um, at the end of the year. And so like, it's really fascinating to see that whole process of how you said, you know, you didn't feel like it was something you could do. And now you're leading those trips. Absolutely. Absolutely. The way God has orchestrated this whole thing and developed me along the way. Like, I was pushed out of my comfort zone. They asked me to be the 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 Bible teacher for the the vacation bible school that mm-hmm. they were doing and at that time i was like whoa wait i wait you want me to lead that team like and and that was at the, it seems funny to me now but at the time that was a very stretching kind of experience and then the next year they asked if i would lead the whole vacation bible school and i was like whoa wait you want me to do what i mean and so as i've been um seven times now and each time there has been seven something times. seven wow. times each time there has been something that god has called me to a deeper level of responsibility or leadership um but but never left me hanging mm-hmm. you know he surrounded me with people that helped out along the way um but it it's it's been a growing experience but super cool yeah Seven times. I don't know if you should go. You hit the perfect number. <laughs> oh, you make a good point. It's time to move on. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and Michael, any anything as you, you've been on uh, a few trips as well and kind of mm-hmm. the experience again, like how has the, your view of the world even just changed going from not going into going? Yeah, it can sound really cliche, but um, the, the, the whole um, global or the the idea of going outside of the Evansville area outside of this community has always been something I'm not originally from this area um, and a lot of people some people know this some people don't uh, know it but I, I actually I was actually born in Germany and I was adopted from Germany when I was a young boy and I've always known that 
Uh, it's always been a part of my story. Um, and there's, so there was always this curiosity that I had about um, uh, uh, different places and different cultures. And I think especially now I'm an older millennial, um, but um, I can remember, you know, when social media was just coming up and sort of this idea that this ubiquitous information, like information everywhere. And before, um, before social media, you would, you would read about here stuff like on uh, national geographic or TV or books or something like that. But now you can see and have relationships with different people across the world. And you have your, you have access to different cultures, but that doesn't, um, that doesn't, um, replace the actual experience of being in a different culture. Mm. Um, there's no substitute for that. I don't think. Um, and so that my first trip that I went on was in 2012, um, and it was to Central Asia. Um, Uncharted has a has three communities, uh, three Uncharted communities, and one of those is in Central Asia. And um, and so I went to that, and it was re- it's it's a, a really dangerous part of the world. Um, uh, it's been uh, you know been a part of wars and all that stuff for the last you know 20 or so years, and um, to be able to sit down across the room or across the the couch um, from people that have a beautiful faith and a beautiful way to view the world and the the Christian message. Um, they just see it in a different way than we do here in our privileged country where we don't have to experience um, the same suffering or the same persecution mm-hmm. for our faith. It's just sort of a part of who we are. And for them, it's very much a part of who they are. Um, in such a way that they live counterculturally, they live in a way that is different than the rest of the people that live around them. And so there's something that you learn about this faith um, that makes it so much deeper and so much more rich and so much more profound um, than just this cultural thing of like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Like, uh, yeah, I celebrate Christmas and all that stuff. It it goes much deeper than that. When you get to see people that in spite of persecution, in spite of threat of death and being isolated, um, and called out from their family, still decide to pursue Christian community, still decide to pursue the person of Jesus. Um, and it just, it, you see things differently, um, when you get to sit across from, and when you experience people like that, mm-hmm. uh, when you meet people like that, it, you change, it changes the way that you, it really does. It sounds really cliche, but it changes the way that you see the world and it changes the way that you see Christianity. So it's a whole new lens. I mean, in the way that you, because I like that you said that because it's your thing. But I and I have to highlight, I have not been on a trip outside of the country, and um, and so like even when you're saying that, I'm like that makes sense because you're not just seeing it and based upon what you see, you're basing it upon what you have seen through other people. Yeah, and, their and, experience. It, and it makes Christianity so much less about me and much more about us, mm. um, because that's what it. That's what. It's a good line. That's what American or Western evangelical Christianity has in all of the beautiful things that it's allowed us to do. Um, what it's done is it made, it's made us very me centric and, um, instead of us centric. And that's one thing that I've noticed in any of these places and, um, and Belgrade, Serbia and Central Asia and Myanmar, it's very much about the community. Um, and it, that's where the shift. So when you say, um, you see it through a new lens, it's almost like, again, I'm just going to be full of like Christian cliches, but it's almost like you can actually see Christianity for what it really is for the first time. Hmm. And, um, and I think, you know, people can have the benefit. They can have that, see through that lens without going on it. People, there are tons of ways to support people, but I think, um, there are a lot of people that really can 
be in that seat and see to see it for really for Christianity for what it really is, how it was intended to be. I think that I think we're we're so good at creating definitions of things and putting things in nice, neat little boxes. And um, I, I always think of my experience on cross-cultural mission trips has been, um, you know, I had my God box and with nice, clearly defined edges and everything. And, and this <laughs> it was is almost like when you hear that, it was yeah. like, boom, <laughs> the voice of right God. after you said God That's box, right. he was like, yeah, you did. Yeah. But I did. I, I, I kind of had the clear little lines. This is, this is how God is. This is who God is. This is how he works. And all based upon my limited perspective of how he's working in, in my life and, and in the people I'm around and seeing how God's working in their lives. But going on a cross-cultural trip like that really just blows that box apart. Mm -hmm. Like it exposes you to different ways that God is working, which sometimes is, is just very different than, than how he, you're right. There's a danger element that is present in some of the places that we work for people to even admit that they're following mm -hmm. Jesus. And I've, the biggest danger I've ever been in is that somebody might poke fun at me. Mm -hmm. You know, there might be a Saturday night live skit that I identify with a little too much, you know? <laughs> so, but it, it has had that effect of just blowing that box up and, and God kind of saying, Oh, you think you got it figured out? Well, what about this? And so it deepens my faith in that and it challenges me in a good way. Yeah. And so I think you both have perspectives now after going, um, I kind of want to highlight or ask a question that, um, because I think I've been this in my life. I've asked the question, my like, why would I want to go um, outside of the country? Why don't I want to stay in my own country and do this? Like, I think people, I hear people say that sometimes. Like, yeah. well, there's a lot of work to do here. Why would I go, you know, to Myanmar or to Belgrade or to Central Asia? Um, and I think I have an answer for that. But I kind of want to hear that from you guys as you're talking about um, if someone's asking that question, why would I, why? Like, what's the why behind it? Either one of you. I, well, I would say, first of all, that it doesn't have to be an either or, and it never should be an either or. You can and should do both. Now, not everybody is capable of going overseas for a mission trip. I mean, there are people who have limitations with that. But again, I think it's, it's because when you get out of your comfort zone, that's when there is a lot of growth that happens. And for so many of us, it may be, not for everybody, but it may be a little bit of an excuse to stay in my comfort zone. Because hmm. it is much easier for me to go across the street and introduce myself to my neighbor and and invite her to church with me or something than it is for me to get immunizations and raise money and and find make arrangements for my family and, and be gone for 10 days on a trip. That's It requires so much more of me than just walking across the street, which I know can be intimidating as well, but pushing people, letting yourself be pushed out of your comfort zone puts you in a posture where you're open to growth. Mm -hmm. So that would be one reason that yeah. I would say. Yeah, and I think it's much more about a mentality and how you approach life than it is whether you're doing something stateside or something cross-cultural. Uh, because to me, it feels somewhat inauthentic if you are w willing to go across the world, but you can't go across the street. It, mm -hmm. it feels really inauthentic to see, and, and, and in a way just kind of, because there is, we, we can't deny it. There is something, especially in our, um, 
so social media, like having the right posts um, and Instagram stories and all of that stuff of just something really glamorous about being able to take a picture like, oh, I'm getting ready to go to Central Asia for my fourth time, uh, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, and it's, it's there's kind of this glamour quality that comes along with being able to and it's sort of a status thing that that goes along that people attach to um, uh, travel, international travel. Um, and you can't ignore that. There, some people kind of exploit that, unfortunately. But I think it, it, there, that's where it comes back to the mentality. You have to have a mentality of the other. You have to have a mentality of um, sharing. And, and I think one of the most beautiful things is I love, because we have through Uncharted, we have some friends in Missoula, Montana. They're a partner church through Uncharted. And I got to go out there a couple of years ago and uh, just hang out with them and lead worship with them at, at, at a small leadership thing that they had. And it was encouraging to know that there were people on the other side of our country uh, that lived in a totally different culture. Missoula, in a lot of ways, is kind of like Evansville, just as far as size goes, um, but very uh, progressive, very, very hip Um I feel super old saying that, but a very hip city, really cool city. Um, but to be across on, on the other side of this country and to know, oh my goodness, there are people that think the same, that, that we have similar values mm -hmm. um, and are experiencing the same struggles that we have. Um, and the same thing happens across the world. And there's something eye-opening and something revelatory about being able to go across the country, across the street, across the, the, the globe, and to be able to encounter people that are that have the same values that you do, that it, it encounter the same struggles that you do. Um, and it's like you're living life in parallel, but in these different parts of the... So I think it benefits us all, especially in 2020. It benefits us all as a collective, um, and we are missing an opportunity if we don't take advantage of this moment that we're in right now. Uh, where we can have access, very easy access, whether it's across the street or across the, across the globe, um, to people that have the similar values, especially in a world that is so polarized, mm. um, to be able to sit across from somebody and say, oh my goodness, yeah, I, th I think the exact same way. And to identify with people instead of having all these divisions and how we're all separate and different, because we're going to find tons of ways that we're separate from people and different from people. Focusing again on the us instead of, yeah. instead of the me and... Uh, you're going to add. I was just going to say that the mutual encouragement that mm -hmm. comes from that, because I have I have really good friends in the, the communities that I visited and they pray for me. I pray for them. Mm -hmm. We're connected. We encourage one another. Our struggles, some of them are very, very different, but some of them are exactly the same, mm -hmm. you know, and that we can encourage one another across the world is is there's just something so beautiful about that. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And, and something that, um, you know, here at One Life, our church, our vision is we're a church planning organization devoted to changing the secular worldview of the next generation and partnering with people in other countries who are planting churches and being a part of connecting with church planners. Can you tell me a little bit about what that experience has been like? Because we're not saying that we have it all figured out here at our church and that we know exactly what we're doing all the time. Cause a lot of times we're reacting a lot more than we're being proactive. And I think a lot of churches would say that they are. Um, but there are some things to be able to help connect um, all throughout the world. And we can learn from anyone who's a church planner anywhere. Um, and the same as we go in and able to help um, just share some things that we've learned. What's that experience been like as you've met with church planners around the world? I think one of the most important things for people stateside or for Western Christians to keep in mind is when we say the word church 
it doesn't necessarily mean, and it doesn't in much of the world, it doesn't mean a 501c3 uh, that has um, a kids ministry and a building and uh, all this programming and mega church and all of the stuff that comes along with that. Um, The church in so many parts of the world is so much about community around a common belief and um, a commonly held belief. And so for those people, um, what they're doing, yes, they're, they're advancing, you know, just like Uncharted says, they're advancing God's kingdom in multiple parts of the world across all across the world. Um, but it's so much, it's so much about community. And so when people hear church planter, uh, like when we were in Myanmar, we got, got to go to a really remote place, uh, in Myanmar, it was like 26 hours from the capital of Yangon. And it was like, a, we rode in a, uh, a van, um, for 26 hours. Most of the roads weren't paved. There was no electricity out part. There were gas cans in the very back because there were no gas stations on the way at part of the way through the trip. So we had the smell of gasoline behind us, wow. which was, I'm sure was super safe. Um, but, um, <laughs> But uh, when we when we got there, we went to these remote parts, uh, uh, these remote villages in the mountains, literally. And um, and we got there and there were these church planters that we got to meet with in these little communities. And they the, the people that were in the village, it was they were known in their area for their faith. They were known for miracles. They were known for how they treated each other. And so I don't know if this is a way of answering your question or not, but like I, what it did is it when I heard church planting conventionally, like in, in, in the, the sense that, you know, we plant churches here, um, it was in the, like, you know, you have a, you have a campaign, you, you, um, you have people that, um, want to be a part of a, uh, a church, you build a church, you build things from the ground, like in the very American way. Um, and, and the, the, the American way that you define as success is numbers and mm. all of that stuff. And so church planting in those parts, uh, in different parts of the, the world and not necessarily, it doesn't even have to be third world or developing world countries. Um, it's much more about community. It's much more about relationship and less about a building itself. I don't know if that answers your question or not, but it did. T- I think it, it helps re- set some framework. Yeah, yeah it blew away so. my idea of like what church planting actually is. And so when you spend time with church planters or like the, the pastors or the leaders of those church movements, um, it's not necessarily in building, but it's about relationships. It's about discipleship. It's about taking the biblical values, the things that Jesus taught, the things that happened in the letters, um, Paul's letters. It's taking those principles and 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 distributing those principles and those ideas and those values in a community that doesn't always get those values. And so when you're spending time with church planters, that's what you're doing. You're starting from ground from from the ground up and you're developing that worldview all the way from the ground up. Uh, They don't have the same frame of reference that we do here in the United States. So and that sounds like something, at least to me, and you guys can um, say yes or no. I don't know. it sounds like something that would be more lasting than that would continue on. Like if you're able to have conversations and, and grow together that way, um, when you're talking about being a part of church planters and, and kind of the way that you're even defining it there, that's something that continues on even after you're not in the room I mean, yeah. and vice versa and continues with you from them. So yeah, I'm sure Natalie could speak to this too, but what it does for you is somebody that's been in the faith for a while or a leader in the church, you go back to the basics. You go back to, 
the fundamentals of Christianity and the things that we believe and why we believe them, because that's where they are with so many different people. And we don't always, we get into this world of like maintaining and like trying to, Oh, we should do this. We have this program and all these different things. Um, and, um, for them, it's very much about like, this is what, these are the non-negotiables about Christianity that we can all sort of agree on. And, um, and so that's what it does for me. I don't know what it did for you as a leader. So my first trip that I went over there, um, I really felt, I felt discouraged about the way we did church or, or, you know, lived out our faith here because what I saw, um, what I saw in Myanmar was people in, in what felt like very much more high stakes environments than, than here. I mean, like you describe, you know, church here has the, the definition of the building and the screens and the high production and this kind of thing. Um, but what, what God has taught me over the years is we are much more similar than just that first kind of blush of, wow, now they're doing real church work yeah. hmm. over there. They're, that's like real New Testament kind of things going on there. And here what we're doing is just, you know, fluffy kind of, you know, Americanized church, whatever. But the reality is they're meeting the needs of the people in their community um, in, and the needs in their community are just very, very different than the needs in our community. The things that we have the same, like you talk about the relationships that are so important over there. That's why uh, this is going to sound like a commercial. It's not, but that's why we promote growth groups and teams here because at the heart of it all, you have to have relationships with other people Absolutely. to really be the church is not this building. It's the people who worship together in this building and who call themselves believers of Jesus. And that's what we have in common. We need to build relationships with those peoples and through people and through those relationships, we have the opportunity to meet the needs that they have. Aren't the needs of the people in my growth group aren't that they're hungry or they lack medical care or things like that but there are people who are lonely there are people with parenting struggles there are people i mean in lots of our growth groups that are struggling with addiction type of issues and things like that and the needs are different but there are still needs and all of them need the hope in jesus christ and i mean ultimately that's the heart of all of it and we're meeting that need through the way we do it in our context and they're doing it in their context in Myanmar and in Serbia, very different as well. It's not a developing Absolutely. country, um, but they're doing it in, in a very different way, though, in cafes and people who are, are working really hard and through the daily grind. Because it's and, a post-Christian culture. Yes. Yeah. So there, it, I, I've been able to see through my travels overseas three very different ways of doing church, but all of them really just sharing the gospel with people and sharing hope with people in their context. Yeah. And I think we see that's that, that is what the church should be. I think and because it's in that we referenced the, the Paul's letters. Um, it's evident in Paul's letters, Paul's letter to, he'll talk one way to the Corinthian church and mm -hmm. talk a different to the church in Ephesus. And just like you were saying, he's, they're responding to what's happening around them. And that's really what the church should be there to do. And it's, but informed by the hope of Christ, it's yep. informed by the values that come from what Christ said and what he did and why he came. And I think when we stray from that, I think when we try to be something else in a different context, um, then that's when we're being inauthentic. And that's when we're, yeah. So I, I think that's a, that's a huge point. It's not to be critical of the American church. It's just to be a remind to have a reminder of, are you, do you, are you paying attention to who's right 
in your back door. Absolutely. Right off your ba- out your back door. Are you it responding be, to those needs? It can be recentering. Yes. Absolutely. Very much recentering. And I've had enough conversations with our friends over there who have come here that interestingly enough, they will say the same thing sometimes. That they will be exposed to the way we're meeting needs that they've never even thought about. Yeah. So it can be recentering for them as well. That that goes back to the mutual encouragement thing. Yeah. That I think. Well, and we were talking a little bit before the podcast about um, sort of it's a hobby horse of mine that like we I think we always just gravitate even organizationally we can gravitate to just being 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 me very very me focused and me centric and it instead of it just being about us and I think the church can do the same thing we can fall into the same trap whether it's in Serbia or in Myanmar or the, in the United States sure. you get into this maintenance mode and this preservation mode and forgetting about why you're there in the first place. And I mean, honestly, uh, being able to hear you guys talk about these things here has been great. I mean, being able to hear your experience, I love the conversation. It kind of just starts flowing into the things that you're passionate about. And you can see that. And I hope that people listening here can hear that as well. And and, I mean, our goal is just to have a conversation here and to be able to allow people to think maybe differently, answer some of the questions that maybe you're thinking about um, when you're thinking about what's it look like to be part of a a cross-cultural mission trip. Um, and we actually did an interview and, and kind of told a story of, um, one of, uh, the ladies who attends here at our campuses at one life. And, uh, she said this line, I thought that was great. She said, some people go and some people send, and I'm just really thankful that I get to be someone who goes. And I thought, man, that's so awesome because for her, that is what she wants to do. But there are some people who say, you know, I just want to be a part of supporting, you know, maybe that's not something that I can, um, be a part of for whatever reason. You know, for me, I have some health reasons. And um, when I was talking to Natalie last year about possibly going to Myanmar, it just didn't work out in the sense of I was like, let's be safe on that. Um, I am really excited because my hope is to go to, to Serbia um, later this year. And I'm, I'm very excited, especially after having this conversation, hearing you guys <laughs> talk about that, because I want to come back and have that experience. And so I think as you're just processing again for someone who's who's thinking about taking that experience, anything that you would I always hate to say, what would you tell them? Because it feels like you're saying, just do it. You know, like that's always the just answer, right? It. But is there something that really helps you um, just kind of move past that line of like being something that I feel like I'm supposed to do, being something that I, that you wanted to do? Is there anything that ever popped up? And, and I'm sure there's things of going through prayer and, and feeling and um, inspired either by a story or by knowing that the impact that you have the opportunity to make, but anything that pops up, even if it's just a story of something that's happened since you've been back. Well, one thing when you were when you were saying that, um, I think I would say don't worry about the barriers. There hmm. are some barriers that maybe can't be overcome, like your health issues. There are some countries that would not be the best for you to go to. Right. That's okay. Um, but if I could say this, you know, the enemy will put a whole lot of, of what if some barriers in your mind when you're considering doing something that's out of your comfort zone that 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 will cause growth that will cause kingdom growth you know if you're stepping out and saying yeah i think i want to be a part of of sharing the good news of jesus christ in a different environment in a different context whether that's with your neighbor or across the world i mean immediately you're going to be flooded with a bunch of what ifs what if they think i'm stupid what if there's not enough money what if you know, what about this coronavirus? What's that mean for it? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's, <laughs> there's a question. Yeah. There's, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> but there's a lot of barriers. And I would just say to, to trust God to remove those barriers that if, if this is the time for you to do something, uh, the barriers may still be there, but 
God, God will find a way around those if that's what he wants you to do. And ultimately, it has to be something he's calling you to. And if you feel like he is, I would say the first thing is just start praying. Okay, God, is this something that I should do? And what about these barriers? How are, how are you going to help me remove these barriers? Um, and Brett says sometimes if you feel like you're being called to something, just take one step in mm-hmm. that direction. Just one step. And if it's not blocked, if the door still seems open, then take another mm-hmm. and see what happens. So. Brett made it to the podcast. Oh, man. We were supposed, <laughs> this was supposed to be a takeover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think some, mine would be somewhat similar. Um, but I, I, years ago, I heard somebody say, um, and I wish I could claim this, um, but I can't, um, is that um, we are each, you know, we're all unique we're all unique in how we relate to God and how he relates to us. Uh, kind of like our fingerprint. Uh, we all make a unique, um, we all have a unique impact or a unique expression of, um, of humanity, um, in, in the world. So God relates to us a little bit differently. So what works for me may not necessarily work for the other person. Um, but I know that we are a lot, we are all very similar. Um, and so I think, God has a way for me as he's related to me over the course of my, my Christian walk. Um, he's at, really had a way of just shutting the door. Um, <laughs> if the opportunity is not right. And, uh, so very similar to what Natalie was saying just a second ago is if, if maybe you're that kind of person that's just sort of like, I need the stars to align <laughs> and for the, the, for everything to open up and for like this, this chubby little angel to come down and say, God is sending you <laughs> to central Asia. Um, I don't know why I would have a British accent, but maybe chubby angels do. But um, I th- I'd, that'd be great if chubby little angels had a British accent. I'd love it. You said chubby little angels three times, and it might be the best thing to wrap uh, no, on a yeah, podcast. So. Don't you picture that? Sort of like chubby oh, little angel with a I'm British accent. I'm thinking of my mom's uh, Christmas ornaments. Yes. Is yeah. that what you're picturing? Like, the little angel ornament? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My British Fireplace. accent is terrible, though. But if you're waiting for that that moment, that's just not going to come, and, and that's not going to be there. And I think there's a certain level of faith and trust um, that comes with putting one foot in front of the other and choosing the next right step in that next right moment. And because you're going to be presented with tons of those opportunities when you're in another place mm. is not knowing what to do because yeah. you're, you're going to be around people that think differently than you, that had, there's the language barrier, there's a cultural barrier. So are you going to need to, there's a, there's a song in the new frozen movie, uh, frozen Two. Oh boy. I got a four year old, got a frozen uh, four year old and a six year old. And so we hear frozen too all the time. And there's this song in there that says, you know, like just do the next right thing. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't know, thank wow. you, Disney, thank you Walt. <laughs> um, when you don't know what to do and when there's a lot of uncertainty, uncertainty, just sort of just do the next right thing. And so maybe that's one encouragement that I would give to people. Um, but maybe people that can sort of self-identify there are people that can self-identify if that's me, if you are one of those people that, um, you find yourself constantly, fighting or going uh, like wrestling that battle of, of again, and it's my hobby horse, but it was just like self-absorption and of just taking care of yourself or just getting in that maintenance mode of like taking care of, um, of just maintaining. Um, if you find yourself being that kind of person, or if you feel like you gravitate towards self, self-absorption, there's nothing like a missions trip, um, that, 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 that takes you into a different context, puts you in a different culture and, um, puts the mirror right in front of your face. Um, and you, it just, it does just, we need to get okay with the fact that missions 
um, does just as much for us as it does for the other person. Yes. That's what the church is. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't be, un- we should be unapologetic about that. Um, missions is always about that, whether it's local missions or, um, or, or cross-cultural missions. Like it's always going to be about the mutual, about the, this is what it's doing for the church. And we should never feel selfish about that. That's, that's part of the package. Mm, yeah. And, uh, whether it's, like I said, whether it's going across the street to your neighbor or whether it's going across the world, we need to be okay with the fact that this is always going to be, um, a back and forth. Um, so yeah. God will use it to develop you and God will use it to develop them Absolutely. all at the same time. And the fact that it develops you is not a selfish thing. That's why the church is here. So oh. I don't even know what else we could say. I mean, that's a pretty good way to, to end the well, conversation. Well, I was going to ask you. Ask me. I know Uh-oh. we needed, you, you asked, you said you had your, um, you asked us the question. I forgot what the question was. <laughs> um, uh, oh man, what was it? Because you asked Natalie and I, and then you said you've got your thoughts on it, but you didn't share your thoughts. Oh, of, I think I said, I think I have an answer on it. Asking about why going out of the country um, was that it? Mm-hmm. Because no, I, I think that there was a time in my life where I very much was one of those people like, I'm not going out of the country. I mean, there's enough I can do right here. Mm-hmm. And I think that honestly, that probably was a season of my life. Gosh, I hate saying season of life. It's something I feel like I say too often lately, but it really was a part of my life where I felt like that was important because it wasn't something I was doing. It was mm-hmm. an excuse for me to say, I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now I one of the things that have has popped up really in, within the last year is as Uncharted has connected in, in Belgrade and you and, and a couple of people came back from that trip, coming back saying, you should go on that trip. You would love it. Kind of like how someone said to you in Myanmar, Natalie, like, I really think you should go to Myanmar. Like there's something about that personal, it's like someone going before you almost and like taking down that, like, there's a lot of fears of you don't know what the trip is going to be or what you're going to do or what you're going to be a part yeah. of. What do I have to know? Who do I have to talk to? Do I have to pray out loud? People freak out about that. I do not. I would love to pray out loud. Anyone ask me to, I'll do that for you. <laughs> um, but there are certain things I think that people probably have in their mind. And um, someone coming back and saying like, you, you we should go on this trip. You would love mm-hmm. it. And that's Im- important. And I think that there's something there. Um, the, just the relationship side that is really powerful. So, yeah. 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 When we were there, the reason we came, because there were multiple times, um, on the trip where we what just, and, and, and conversation, of course, any of those places I, I want my wife to go. I want my boys to go. You just want them to be a part of that. You want to share that stuff together. And I just remember very specifically, there were several moments, Emily, um, who's on staff at Uncharted, she went on that, on that trip with us. And there were, of course, we're both friends with you. And, um, and we said multiple times, like, man, Sarah would be really good in this discussion <laughs> or, um, and you just want to, ex- because you want to know what other people think about that stuff, but you also want other people that, um, that, um, that, y- you know, um, represent some of the same values that you have right. that can, um, bring a different perspective and, uh, bring a different, di- uh, voice to the table. Um, but also being able to come back and to tell that story because one of the, I think one of the most selfish things that you can do is to go to one of those places and to just keep that experience just to yourself and to not come back and share that, um, that we have a responsibility, I think. Absolutely. Um, so one thing you made me think of Sarah that I want to say is I also had this idea before I went on a mission trip that I had to be qualified, Mm. but I had to know so much about the Bible that I was, and you are an ambassador for Christ. 
Um, but I thought that that came with sort of a list of qualifications. Like, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. Like, do I know enough scripture? I mean, if I'm going to go and try to spread the gospel on the other side of the world, I have to know this and I have to know this. And I, and that, I think that that can be a common myth out there that the only qualification you need to have is a willingness to go. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn a lot along the way, but but let's break down that myth that you have to be like a, a heady Bible scholar in order to go and tell somebody they should they should check out Jesus. I mean, that's mm -hmm. about all you need to say. Well, maybe a little more, but we'll get to that in the training. <laughs> that's great. Well, guys, thank you for coming on and sharing some of that. I'm actually really excited to, I was even thinking some ideas of how we can continue conversations um, even later this year as we're both here being on trips and um, I'm hoping to be on that one as well. I think I've said I'm going, so I should just say it here. I now think, it's official. I think we're making you go yeah. at this point. I'm going to take, I'm gonna take I the Zoom and record a podcast. Let's and do be it. Great. Um, but I do want to highlight you talking about Uncharted. You know, Uncharted International is a partner organization of One Life Church and you can find out more if you or your church or anyone that you, an organization you're part of, want to be involved with that. You can go to unchartedinternational.org um, and then also Uncharted recently launched a podcast and I highly recommend that. I mean, the first uh, episode is what is missions and even as we're having this conversation today highly recommend listening to that Emily Luttrell who we talked about a minute ago and Ben Stewart who um, taught here at One Life Church this past weekend were on that and talking about that in a really really great way and the name of that uh, the title of that podcast is called Perspectives Unsettled you can find that anywhere you uh, listen to podcasts so de definitely check that out you can, I'll put a link in the uh, notes as well but guys and they you. also have an Instagram uh, account that you can follow called Unsettled Collective correct and what they do is they they they'll go on a, like a month at a time um, and they just cover some really beautiful content that's great for discussion um, and it's all about you know the, the uncharted thing is about um, going boldly and being have a having a brave faith and they they in that on that Instagram um, they talk about really practically what are some of the barriers for that and how can we be better uh, about that. So they, they, there's a sort of like running theme and pattern for them. So Unsettled Collective um, is the Instagram handle and, and Perspectives Unsettled is the um, name uh, of the podcast. Name of the podcast, yeah. And Unsettled Collective, we actually talked about that on episode 38 of the One Life podcast. You can go back well, if look you... look at that. Yeah, we had Emily and Noah on. You can learn more about that um, in that conversation. So there's a lot of great conversations happening around um, our area here and we want to continue having those with you so if you have any questions anything that came up you want to know more we'd love to connect you or try to answer those ourselves you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org thank you Michael thank you Natalie thanks thank you, Sarah. Sarah this yeah. was great it's a great time and no one can see us I've looked at the camera four times at least and there's no camera I'm still staring at it right now so just picture that <laughs> alright we'll see you guys next week <laughs>